And so I think it'd be very helpful to talk to students. And, and we do often have this conversation with students, but, but to, to address the situation or, or the, the topic of the value of being like grafted in as, a, as an active member of the local church, even as a teenager. Not just I attend youth group on Wednesday, but where you fit into the local church and why that's so valuable. Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. You know, obviously all throughout the the New Testament, there's language of joining and being joined together with other believers. You know, I think the scripture talks about the church being the bride of Christ, joined together with Christ, being a building that's joined, built together strong. Uh, one of the strongest illustrations, I think, is, is the church is a body. And even in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it says, The body doesn't consist of one member but of many. So if the foot should say, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body, well, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And so, you know, in a sense, we are joined to the church, whether or not we join an official, uh, uh, formally join a church. We're joined together. We And, uh, you know, that passage goes on, and he's kind of saying it in a funny way, but just saying that part of the body can't divorce another part of the body and say, I'm out, I'm good, or I don't need the rest of the body because I'm not a, I'm not a nose, I'm not an eye. And he's saying, no, the, the body needs itself. It needs the other parts, even, even the parts that are less desirable. The body needs itself, and there's different roles and different functions. So in a sense, spiritually, we are already joined to the church. And when we talk about being formally joined to a church, I think this is a very, um, it's a very American question, really, because you don't see a lot of the persecuted church saying, I don't really need the church. You know, I don't really need other believers. You see these guys that are so drawn to meeting together and, and uh, encouraging one another. And, you know, if you ask a believer in the Himalayas, do you need the church? They'd be like, what? Of course I, of course I do. Of course I do. And so, I, you know, I think for us it's helpful uh, not just to see the value of, man, y- you can't be joined to Jesus and then say, but I don't want to be part of the bride. You know, I-, I can't be joined to the head but not the body. You know, that's just not the way it works. But e- even thinking formally for church membership, all right, so I-, I looked up yesterday, I looked up the word membership just on a word search in the Bible, and it- it's not there. There's no formal word for membership, but membership in the church is implied all in the New Testament, over and over, where uh, things like, you know, in Hebrews 13, it tells us to obey our leaders and submit to them because they're going to give account for our souls. So even the leaders knowing whose souls they give account for and us knowing who we should obey implies a sort of membership. You know, all the verses about church discipline, you know, where folks are kicked out of the church, it's not like an old west, like, give them the boot and literally kick them out of the door, it's inviting them out of something. And so it, it implies, like, if someone's put out of the fellowship of the church, there was some sort of membership they were joined to to begin with. Even, even in, like, Acts and Romans, you see the, the church has an actual number to it. Right. So there's people that are in and people that are out. So I think you can see an implied formal joining of the church, but informally, if we're in Christ... We're his bride. If we're joined to the head, we're part of the body. We're joined to one another. 
Yeah, and I think for me, a good distinction, especially for American churches, is a lot of times we see like a hierarchy of, oh, you're like a professional Christian. You're like a pastor or whatever. That's good for you. I'm just a, I'm just a church person. But in Ephesians 4, it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And that, to me, is so good for every person to hear that the work of the ministry is for yeah. the body. Yeah. We're supposed to be doing this. Whether you're a pastor, a preacher, whatever, the work of the ministry is not done by the professional Christians. The work of the ministry, they're supposed to equip everybody for the work of the ministry. And that, that could be if you're a 13-year-old believer, yes. like you have been gifted by the Holy Spirit right. to minister to people in your church in a way that no one else probably is. Yeah. And it's why the writer of Hebrews says, he tells them, hey, consider, like think strategically on how to stir one another up towards love and good works. That's good. And, and so like, man, yeah, that if you're a seventh grader, if you're a 12th grader, whoever you are, man, when you go to church on Sunday, when you go to church on Wednesday, you should be thinking and preparing for who you're going to minister to with the gifts that God's given you and not just thinking, I'm going to show up and listen. You know, I think sometimes that's why, you know, maybe we get towards a take it or leave it. I can listen to it. Like where we're, you know, where we're at right now where churches can't meet, like part of what, like why there's this driving force, like we're feeling like, no, we need to get back together. We need to assemble because that can't happen when we're apart. And so we've been gifted to minister to one another. Um, so yeah, 12, 13, 60, it doesn't matter. Like it's yeah. essential. They're a crucial part of the body and not a non-crucial part of the audience that right. just sits and rates sermons. And we're yeah. part of the functioning. They're unique. Even, even like I say, even a 13-year-old believer is a unique part of the body and the church needs them yep. and they need the church. It's good. The body analogy is so good that we forget it all the time, right? You know, we use it as a term. We're like, oh yeah, we're part of the body of Christ. We're like, no, 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 but that's an analogy. That's a picture. Just like you wouldn't want to go around without your big toe, right? Your, your, your pinky. Yeah, I'm just a little part. Yeah, but you are part of what makes it whole. Yeah. As, you know, with the whole COVID thing and, and churches not being able to meet initially, and I don't know, I haven't seen this much, but on social media, people are saying, oh, you know, the, the, the church is in a building and we're going to see that more than ever. And, and like there's one part where you go, yes, like we're not a building. We should be serving the community. The church is Christ's presence on the earth. But the other part's wrong because what they're missing is like what can be communicated is like, oh, see, we don't, we don't need that. Mm-hmm. That's not the main thing. The main thing is, it, it, well, no, this is such an important part is us meeting together. Yeah, we're not a building, but we are an assembly. Yeah, right. yeah, because, you know, everybody says the church is not a building, but even the early church met in a building. You know, the, the Hall mm-hmm. of Tyrannus and, you know, synagogues they used to it's meet in. It's great when it's raining or snowing. It's or awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. I mean, I, this is this is the illustration for me that that <laughs> brings this together. Is I would much rather sing in corporate worship with one hundred people than with ten. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Miss I'd Diane much rather yesterday in that group. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in our living room and uh, it, we're watching church on the live stream. You know, and and it's uh, my family and Diane and Tom and. and uh, Right as soon as the first song sang, uh, started singing, Diane said, Amy, sing for us. Sing, sing, sing. <laughs> yes. And, uh, so then we all started singing. It was awesome. Yeah. But, you know, 
Yeah, yeah, I was much rather. You don't want to be the only one. <laughs> so comfortable. I left here and ran to Muggs's. Our family was with the Joneses and got there. I only missed one song, you know. And so uh, about two-thirds of the way through the second song, something happened and it glitched, and everybody's just letting it rip. <laughs> <laughs> Muggs is like oh, yeah. belting it out. Yeah. Yes. That's the worst. It was funny. Oh. But, yeah, there, there are certain uh, – Man, I think my mind goes crazy here, or like with with illustrations and stories and situations. Like, there's something beautiful about a corporate gathering where people sing songs together and hear the sermon together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Uh, whether whether I think of it as a preacher communicating to an audience and having everyone together, or as a hearer and being in the fellowship uh, of other hearers that's that there's no doubt god designed the church to sure. the body of christ right. to work that way and so you you betray a very shallow understanding of ecclesiology sure or the study and understanding of the church and how we're together to how we're to gather together um there's such a need to understand the value in meeting together so that we'd long for that on 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 the the Lord's Day, yeah. you know, the Sunday gathering, man, it's it's so valuable. And I know for me, a lot of weeks coming to church is like, oh, yes, I get to step mm-hmm. onto this island where we're together, and it's a, a renewal of soul and spirit and relationship. It's beautiful. Well, I I think that only happens if you're connected, really, right. relationally with the people. Because if you're not, you can go in and kind of rate it like you against your favorite pastor on, mm-hmm. on the internet or whatever. You, you come in and be like, yeah, you come in and be like, oh, these guys aren't aren't as good a singer as so and so, or aren't, you know, this guy isn't, isn't as good a pastor as so and so. Without the relational aspect of this body, all parts of it are experiencing things together, are experiencing this message together, and then um, you know, even through small groups, like we're digesting it together, and mm-hmm. you know, instead of just without the relational con- component, you're just experiencing a sermon and right. you're not super connected to those folks around you. And so it, it turns you into audience. It turns yeah. you into a sermon raider or song And song you will bounce raider. churches all yeah. over your That's town. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I know for me personally, I had a, like a strong like ideological rejection against the local church for a while because of how I'd seen it misrepresented. And then... But then when really saying, and, and even saying, like, adamantly, membership isn't in the Bible. You can't find it. That word's not there. But then when you, when you get into the Scripture, and you're like, oh, look at all of these things that you have to have a group of people who are identifying a formal, uh, oh, take them to the elders, put them out of the body. Mm-hmm. And then you think of all of the, the function of the church, of discipleship and accountability. The and one even, another's. Yeah, the, all of the one another's. Oh, and then even like the ordinances of the church, right? So we have the, the church is supposed to be the local assemblies there. That's where baptism and the Lord's Supper are intended to take place. I think it's, you know, so you can actually see, yeah, this is this is a physical this is a physical representation of the body that you're identifying with in baptism. This is a physical representation of the of the of the body that's being that's being identified with the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. Like it's it's it, if yeah if you're uh, if you're just at home and you're like oh okay we're doing an online Lord's Supper right now I'm going to go get some crackers and juice. You think about look at the symbolism that we're losing in that. 
Yeah, it, the, the, and, and I think it's just, it's, to me, it's so funny that we take the analogies and we lose the analogy part. We'll say, yeah, you're in, you're in the body of Christ or you're in the family of God. And we just, we skip straight to, oh, he just means church. But we take, we forget about that intimacy, the unity, the legit unity of his family. The connectedness. The, the connectedness, yeah. Well, I, th- I think, you know, scripture takes it so serious, you know, in Hebrews where it said, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together. This is the habit of some. You know, in a what, what's already been said. You know, there's so much going on, and I think, man, the the Bible takes it so serious that the implications are people who stop meeting together, and they were like, that's that's under like persecution had started, and he's warning them that it's about to ramp up, and the the implications are those who stop meeting together aren't believers; they've left, not just the church, but they're they're leaving Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and John says something similar when he says, "Hey, they went out from among us." Right. But they really they weren't, weren't one of us. Yeah. And he's not talking about what they intellectually think. He's saying they've left us. It, that's the same as leaving Jesus. That is huge and weighty and scary Like to think how, how precious, precious should we, we hold the church. If you only ever experience, I want to be careful how I say this, a lot of us, our only understanding of the gathering of church on Sundays comes from having grown up in the church I grew up in. And for me, that was true. Like, you know, I grew up in a church and then um, I've always been a part of a local church, but there's there's always sort of an American context to it. Not a bad thing. We live, we are Americans in a society <laughs> right, right. and a culture. Not saying that in a negative, but it's it's sort of like a, a certain feel to the church. And, and I remember there's variation. Like I, I would go to church with my grandmother growing up she went to a Presbyterian church, and that was different. And then two or three of my aunts went to a Methodist church, and that was different. And we went to a Baptist church, and that was different. But I didn't really know what was different other than, like, uh, in the Presbyterian church that she went to and the Methodist church, the pastor would wear a robe. Right. The choir would have on these gowns. You know, I always I remember as a kid just thinking, that's funny. That's weird. I wouldn't want to be in the choir here because I'd have to wear it. You know, but those are, all of that's just superficial. It doesn't really matter. There's not a right or a wrong when it comes to that. But what what unlocked for me the value of the assembling together was being, you know, our partners planting churches in the Amazon basin, um, sneaking to an underground service in a closed country where you're not allowed to proclaim the gospel and seeing the faithfulness of these men and women, not just to, to, to love Jesus, but to gather yeah. No, like I can remember a secret door knock and then a whispered code word and then we end up in a, in, in a location in this city where the police were in a heightened, it was a, it was a time of heightened persecution against the organized gathering of the church. You could be a Christian, you just couldn't gather together corporately in a non-state recognized church. And seeing these people take great risks and bring their children yeah. for us to gather to then quietly sing songs together, take the Lord's Supper together. And you know what nobody had on? A suit, a tie. The music didn't matter. It wasn't that good. There was not even an instrument. But there was this craving, this desire to gather and assemble together. And it, was, it, it helped me understand sort of the, the, the New Testament teaching on the value of meeting together, assembling together, 
because in the book of Acts, you see a lot of that same type of scenario and situation. Yeah. Yeah. And for us, it's, it can be very sterilized. We get up on Sunday morning. That looks a little different than Saturday morning, the other weekend day. Saturday morning, we sleep in and we do little league or we do chores around the house or whatever, our favorite activity. Sunday morning, we sleep in a little bit too, and then we get up and we, we, we dress in our best and we head off to church. That can be the cultural context for church in, in America. And I think that's why a lot of students love Wednesday nights because they get to show up in their whatever they're wearing. It's, it's more casual. And so I think if people can look past all of that, it's not necessarily a bad thing that you go to a church where people wear ties or that you go to a church where people wear flip-flops. None of that really matters as long as there's not an emphasis placed on it, either extreme. The, the flip-flop church doesn't say, we're more like Jesus because we're casual right. and cool. And the suit-wearing church doesn't say, we're more like Jesus because this is formal, because we're meeting together before the king. You know, like, put all that aside. doesn't really matter, but what matters is that we're meeting together. And I can throw on a tie and a suit when I'm preaching somewhere, and that's what they do. I don't know. I'm totally comfortable with that. And if it's, no, man, you would be out of place if you do that here, I'm totally comfortable with that. And the point is, regardless of what continent, what cultural context, what society, the church has always been intended to meet together. And I think within the conversation of membership that we've already talked about, it is important to be a member of a local church. And then it is important to be faithful to that local church. And you should not miss unless you absolutely cannot avoid it. It shouldn't be a casual thing. Does it fit into my schedule this weekend? And is it convenient? I think if, if it is like just a casual thing, then we don't understand um, kind of the role that the church plays even in our sanctification, you know, where I need the church to be like Jesus. I, I need the accountability. Mm-hmm. I need the fellowship. I need the encouragement. So mm-hmm. to say I'm good without that is not only, you know, off, but it's arrogant yeah. to say I'm yeah. I'm good on my own. It's it's off. It's inaccurate, but it's also arrogant. You say I just need Jesus. Okay, well then listen to Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. tells us to go to church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a misunderstanding, and uh, yeah, it, it is. It's arrogant. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.